0: Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website, christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback. And please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy. you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms and without further ado let's start the show hello everyone and welcome to christine Wins business with your host christine hansen moi me and i am your business consultant and coach and this beautiful podcast is meant to have everyone who wants to grow, start, or pivot, or scale a business online. And so I always have a wonderful guest with me to share our combined knowledge, experiences, anecdotes, funny stories, lessons learned, all of it for your benefit. So today I'm joined by a friend of mine who I've had, you know, who I've known for a long time. I've interviewed her for a podcast before as well. Her name is Mm -hmm. Stephanie Fittini. She is a content marketing strategist and blog coach for coaches. And I cannot stress enough how important it is to have a blog. She is the creator of the Profitable Content Method, and host of the Profitable Content Marketing Show podcast. She helps new as well as experienced coaches grow their website, blog traffic, and turn more leads into paying clients by showing them how to grow their traffic and book discovery calls on automatic. This helps them grow their business with less effort, which you know that I'm all about. Embrace your inner lazy and make more profit. So she can help you pin your niche, your ideal client, research your keywords, create funnels, content, and everything that will rank and convert. And we will talk about these terms in a little bit. She coaches clients on a one-on-one basis in small groups. She has online courses. And you can also book her to design your content strategies, or as a guest speaker trainer. She helps six to seven figure coaches grow their organic traffic through SEO consultancy, team training, and agency services. So a lot of experience here. And today we will particularly hone down on organic marketing and more specifically blogging and SEO. Now, Stephanie, first of all, welcome to Christine Means Business. Thank you, Christina. I'm happy to be here. I'm (laughs) excited to hear (laughs) what questions you're going to ask me. (laughs) Oh, a lot. So the first thing is, and I'm quoting a client of mine here, is I hear so much about SEO. What exactly is it? Why is it important? So I think we should talk about this because personally, SEO is my very best friend My other company that I used to have, Sleep Like a Boss, was grown pretty much entirely on SEO. The reason why I love it is because it's designed for lazy people, I feel, to some extent, (laughs) and also for poor people. (laughs) I'm saying with a bit of a laugh here, but it's literally the most affordable long-term content strategy, marketing strategy that you can implement. So tell us a little bit about SEO or more particularly how you as a consultant and coach got interested in the topic because there's so many different avenues of marketing when it comes to digital business what was it about SEO in particular what does it actually mean that was interesting for you oh gosh okay so how far went
1: back shall we go um (laughs) well I actually started off in the industry as a programmer um (laughs) I when I finished university, I taught myself programming, um, back in, oh, I'm gonna give away how old I am back in 2001. <laughs> and, um, I actually qualified as a teacher. I actually used to teach children with autism. So completely different line. Um, I couldn't find the button on the computer in my <laughs> IT class. I was that bad. And and then I started working with children with special needs and, they needed so much help with the tech. And I just started teaching myself programming and sort of connecting with all these programmers and went on a course. And it was like me and 80 guys in those days. <laughs> there were no women to be seen in the industry, um, which made me memorable. So admittedly, it wasn't just a disadvantage. It was actually an advantage apart from all the men's Um <laughs> <laughs> And well, uh, sort of, as I say, the rest is history, then sort of, um, I, I started sort of st- starting online projects, you know, I kind of started this sort of online business directory, um, and turned that into like a hosting, a small hosting business, and later sold that. And then I opened my own agency with my husband. Uh, my husband has a background in in uh, branding. Mm-hmm. And he was a very well known creative director locally and he was not my husband yet actually (laughs) (laughs) he was my business partner first (laughs) and yeah and we just set up this agency and I used to take care of all the website and then Facebook came up and you know we started programming Facebook apps I don't know if you remember we used to create these Facebook apps in those days (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i don't remember you know funny enough i i mean i was very early on on facebook i was still at university at the time so that was 2000 i was in london so it must have been 2000 it was probably around 2011 something like
1: that i would have thought it was yeah, so there were these things just you oh, could no, imagine you know, there were all these competitions on Facebook. You could go to a page and there would be a competition, and you could register for a freebie, and yes. it would all happen on Facebook.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I remember and all this the freebies of- and this, the giveaways and the the stacks, like all the like the advent calendars and things like that. Yes, that's right. So that was like uh, programming. You could look, you could sort of uh,
1: you could use what we call the Facebook Canvas, and you could program. That's what actually got me into marketing. So I got kind of drawn in on the one Mm. hand, because I was a freelancer, before I opened my own agency, working for all the large local agencies, and their marketing teams knew nothing about tech, because there was, you know, it was the changeover. Um, So I was sort of always being sent to all these different meetings. And, you know, and in the and I sort of it's like I knew about online marketing more than these marketing people because I you know I used to devour books. I still do, and yeah. And then, sort of, when we created our own agency, it became I kind of got drawn into this Facebook through the <laughs> through the applications. But I must admit, I hated it. I hated um, I hated the way you have to be constantly. On Facebook. I hated the how demanding social media was and still is even more these days probably. So I did look for an alternative and that's why I picked SEO because obviously I had a technical background and having come from a, from an inclusion, a special needs background, I was always interested, and I learned programming for people with disabilities. So you know, for screen readers, which is basically SEO. (laughs) That is so.
0: So So before it's kind of what does SEO actually stand for? Because I don't think everyone knows.
1: No, indeed. In fact, I meet a lot of people that call it CEO. <laughs> uh, people get confused. People get confused. But search engine optimization is basically uh, small changes that we do to our websites in terms of tech and also in terms of the text um, so that search engines can understand your content and rank it in the first page You know, on Google mostly. I mean, we tend to optimize mostly for Google because then uh, it's the smartest one so it's like doesn't really make uh, any sense to optimize for uh, as we call them dumber search engines kind of <laughs> um, yeah I mean Google is definitely by far uh, the best one and it has most of the traffic you know it's like uh, three quarters of the people on the internet lo- use Google so it's it's one of those things it's like you have no choice in a way there are certain parts of the world that have their own search engines but you know it's kind of it's kind of the same thing the good thing about um the good thing about seo is that it doesn't necessarily need to be technical with the way you know it's like 10 20 years ago you had to be technical to do seo you don't need to be technical anymore and this is in fact sort of what what i've based my business on because I used to see all these, you know, all these large SEO companies that charge literally a nominal egg, like six figures to, to optimize your site. And they're really not doing that much these days because (laughs) it's, it's, it's so much easier to do. You don't need, I mean, there are certain things you're probably going to need a programmer for, but that's, you know, a one thing you don't need, like uh, somebody to optimize your, your site for 12 months. Because people and Google basically want the same thing, as opposed to always, you know, fighting the social media algorithm. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is this is why I like SEO. So basically, Google wants what you want. It wants to give your audience the right people that you're creating value for. It wants to give them the right results. So by optimizing it doesn't mean that we are trying to fake or trying to fool the search engine into showing us what we're trying to do is we're trying to format our website and format our content in a way that makes google helps google more easily understand who the content is meant for because they want what we want they want to show that content to the right people mm-hmm. you know and of course uh, if you have too much advertising on your site and, you know, you're, you're not really giving value or you're replicating someone else's content, Google's not going to love you. Yeah. But if you're doing it right, then, you know, if you really care about your audience and, and you know all these little sort of things that you need to put on your site, then it's really not that hard.
0: That is so interesting because I'm gonna tell you what I've always thought before I got to know you (laughs) and also what my (laughs) clients think. A lot of them are terrified of SEO because the first thing that you kind of think it is, is lots of keywords similar to hashtags, analytics, having to do tons of research for each article that you're writing And then you, you know, it's, it's life or death, whether you use the right keywords for the right post or the right page and where to even put those keywords. So very often I feel, you know, the way that you described it, that it was in the beginning when it was these huge companies, when you had needed a programmer to embed those keywords. I think that mindset is still very, that idea is still ingrained a lot of the time. So, I love that we can make SEO easy now and understandable. Now you said two things and I want to dwell, or I want to talk about both of them. Um, You, on the one hand, we talk about words that are helping with search engine optimization, whether you, I would probably think. And the other hand, you talked about format. So let's talk about format for a second before we go over to keywords. What makes a well, a Google-friendly formatted website or page or post? Not the same thing, people. So you have your website, on your website you have pages, and on your blog post page you have posts. So let's talk, I think because most of it is probably going to come from blog posts, if you were to do a comparison, and it, this is not meant to be mean, but just for this very simplified process, good blog post, Lag po- bad blog post in terms of formatting what would you say what is typical for a bad blog post what would be typical for a good formatted or well formatted google friendly blog post
1: okay that's an interesting question
0: i have not been asked this before actually <laughs> but it's
1: a great question and i'm okay so it's actually very simple um Imagine you know. So the first thing, just just off off the gates, um, subtitles. Subtitles are good for people, and they're good for search engines. If you know, sometimes people write blogs that are like stories. Um, and yes, I mean, fair enough. Not everybody has. Not everybody's teaching something. Not everybody's you know talking about a step by step process or how to do something. Um, So sometimes you end up getting these blog posts and they're like two large paragraphs and it's like chunks of text. And there might be value if if you actually get around to reading them, but people won't read them because they're not broken up. And search engines are going to find it hard to understand what it's really about. And they don't, you know, when you don't have subtitles, you don't have the opportunity to to optimize as well because your subtitle it's like it's literally spelling it out so imagine you're I mean imagine you're a search engine imagine you're a bot, and you literally can imagine you're a robot and you can just understand what you're told yes if you're given a big chunk of text with lots of different words
0: it's too much
1: you might have some doubts you know, what it's about. So what do you do then to, what would you do if if you're a robot? What do you need to understand more information? So if there are subtitles that explain maybe the angle of each paragraph, then that's already going to give you more information. Mm -hmm. The categories. So, you know, for instance, something very typical with coaches, it's like they're offering similar things with a different angle. So I don't know, I could be treating stress so stress is maybe one of my uh, one of the topics that i write about a lot um but how are you resolving that stress is it about meditation is it about yoga are you are you prescribing medication you know how are you resolving this so that's going to make a big difference to the kind of searches you come up in mm-hmm. so as you can imagine you know it's the layout of the blog the information that you put in it but also the context of the website so you need to keep in mind that when you're not giving them enough when you're not giving the bot enough information it's going to look elsewhere so you got to make sure that you're not misleading
0: yeah i agree so we have subtitles which i think like paragraphs mm-hmm. subtitles Yes. This is a very techy question, but I've been intrigued by this. So when I'm on my website and I have a post, I have two options of doing my subtitles. Either I am in my text box. I use Elementor on WordPress.
1: Okay. This is probably
0: for most WordPress builders, actually, rather than maybe Wix, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, or Squarespace. But I can either go in my textbook, click on there, write my paragraph, and then in the paragraph box, I can choose between the font paragraph, Uh, header one, header two, header three, or I can go to the style tab and then pick there, like what I have pre-programmed. So for example, my main font is always this, my headline is always this. So question, would it be better to use the pre-programmed or heading one, two, three, and then I can still edit it. I can still go into the small style and edited individually or does it make sense to use the overall website fonts that i dedicated to each different kind of structure
1: yes and this is an interesting one because i often get asked why why is wordpress better than wix or squarespace and you basically just answered that question this this is the same answer um wordpress allows you has this preset where you have your paragraph text you mm-hmm. have your H1, which is your main header. You have H2, which is your subtitle. You have your H3, which is your paragraph subtitles, and it keeps going down. H4, H5, and you have different styles. You can just choose them so easily. They don't always work perfectly, um so it does. It does help uh, to have something like Elementor installed, mm-hmm. uh, which has its pluses and its minuses because Elementor does slow down your site, and speed is actually an SEO. Interesting. Um, yes is an SEO uh, thing. I mean, especially with with, uh, the EAT uh, algorithm update last year, speed has become very important. So, so yeah, so having these presets um, is much more important to use them. Now, uh, I know that sometimes it can look a bit off. So, you know, like the formatting of your blog post, you're like, oh my goodness, like my subtitles too big and my paragraphs. Titles are too big. Um, so there is, this is actually one of the few instances where you're going to need a coda. So what you can do is you can actually hire a programmer and say, can you please change my CSS, um, which is basically your style sheets and your theme um, and your styles so that, you know, when I use the appropriate uh, tags, mm-hmm. it actually looks pretty.
0: Yes. <laughs> so yes. that
1: is probably the easiest, the easiest way. But to come back to, to your, previous quest, uh, your previous question, um, apart from the styles and, you know, we said the subtitles and breaking down the paragraphs, which, I mean, for SEO purposes, usually would say they would need to be less than 300 words. So you don't want a 300 word paragraph. You want ideally 150, maximum 200 word paragraph. Again, it's, it's, only, it's also for people because... Google these days also looks at um, the page experience, they call it, which is again part of the EAT algorithm update. And it's like the better it looks, the more it breeds, the more everything is laid out properly. Um, the better it is for Google and the better it is for people. So in they, like I said, Google is always on the user side. So you're not going to have any problems if you really try to cater to the user. Um, an interesting one, which you don't hear a lot about, is the kinds of images that the bot likes. Hmm. Now, if you use a stock image that has been used in another thousand sites, Google is not going to like that. Whereas if you, you know, try to create your own site or pay for images, which is so much better, you know, I mean, you can pay a dollar through Canva these days, mm-hmm. um, or you can get a membership on Shutterstock and you use, you know, more interesting, maybe, uh, metaphoric images that's something people react to a little bit more. Um, it does make a difference.
0: It does make a difference for SEO. Definitely. That's so funny. I don't think we use any image like we use, but it's graphics, like, you know, it's always tailored, like it's always me, <laughs> my headshot with <laughs> something else, you know, like some other images in there. So it's really more because we also look at Pinterest and things like that. But it is interesting because something I noticed is that I was a contributor for Brains magazine for a year, which mm-hmm. is like a Scandinavian online magazine. And all, pretty much all of their images were, they were saying you can use unsplash or, you know, a lot of them just use stock photos. And then I saw someone take a stock photos, but they used a cutout of themselves in it. And that is so easy nowadays with <laughs> Canva. You just use the background remover. and Yeah. Oh. So that's what I was doing. And especially when you share it, you would get really, really good engagement. So it's so interesting that you said that, because I think there has to be a little bit more thought behind the image, specifically if you guest post in another online magazine, for example, maybe a little bit even more than your own blog, because your own blog can be branded to obviously to who you are. So that's really, really, really interesting. So it all makes sense to me other thing I wanted to circle back on is that you mentioned very briefly is categories and I'm like oh because I don't think (laughs) that we have many I'm not entirely sure I think when I started out I told my assistants we always have five pillars because my method is five pillars so always make sure that you take the category that this interview or this might belong to and put it into that pillar Literally, when you do a post, you can choose a category and you can always find it again and pick the same one. Would that be what you were talking about when you talked about categories?
1: Well, when we talk about categories in terms of SEO, we're we're talking about the way you're organizing the content. Well, which is, you know, the, the categories in the blog, every blog has, you know, these kind of buckets, which, which we call categories. The reason why I meant why I I mentioned them is because the category that your article is in is going to make a difference to how Google is actually understanding the wider topic of the website.
0: So what if so you? If- so you would definitely recommend if someone starts their website or goes in there now in a panic <laughs> because they haven't set up categories. Like literally, they just went ahead and posted, and that's it. Would you recommend that you do that first or that you do it in hindsight? How many categories? Where, Where do you find those categories?
1: Okay, so we're going to, first of all, we go back to the feared keyword research. Um, first of all, just sort of <laughs> out the gate, keyword research is not complicated. I actually do like a couple of times a year, I do like a 20-minute free workshop. That's how long it takes to teach That's
0: keyword amazing.
1: research. Um the difficult part of keyword research and the reason why a lot of seo companies actually take ages um, to finally find the keywords that will work for you is because they find it hard to connect it to the real human side of things
0: so obviously because like you know the
1: the marketing avatars uh, usually there's a bit of a disconnect Between, you know, tech people and marketing people. Yeah. It's quite funny because when I used to work in the agency and a lot of our clients were actually tech companies and... I used to be, you know, called in to do the inbound marketing strategy and all the blogging strategies and all of this. And usually the main problem was simply because tech and marketing speak a different language. language. Yes. So they needed someone to go between in reality right. because
0: they, they both want the same thing. <laughs> but they would just use a different word or term to look it up probably.
1: The thing is that, you know, marketing is usually afraid of tech. And we, as marketing people, we tend to look at the human side. So we are, you know, we're on social media, we understand in the cases of, you know, coaches and online entrepreneurs, we're working with our clients, we know our clients, well, we know the human side. But we're scared of the technical side. Whereas the technical people are different, they know the technical side, they don't really want to spend the time to really understand, they would rather test instead of really go deep and make sure they've got the right keywords right away. So this is basically what I've done in my system. I've just sort of overlapped these two things and it works really well for small sites because, you know, when you have a small site and you're doing SEO yourself, you don't want to spend years (laughs) trying to rank different keywords to see what works. You want to do the Marketing research. You want to get your uh, ideal client avatar right from the very start. You want to get your keywords right from the start because that could also affect the kind of offers you come up with, and you know the because it it validates. It tells you what people are looking for. And coming back to the keywords, it's it's the categories that we mentioned before. Your categories are actually keywords, but there may be keywords that are industry keywords, so generic. Mm-hmm. Kind of things. So let's let's take my site as an example. For instance, um, I write a lot about um, blogging for coaches, marketing for coaches. Um, but then, if you take a look at my categories, my categories would be industry. So, for instance, like blogging, content marketing, um, and digital strategy. So when Google takes a look at the wider uh, the mm-hmm. wider picture of my site okay I'm talking about all these things that coaches do
0: um, but it's within a digital marketing yeah. kind of so that helps it to immediately put it into one batch That's right. I need to add digital marketing to my keywords so sure <laughs>
1: And the thing is, is for coaches, this is really important because they're giving, the, they're talking. A lot of coaches, especially life coaches, business coaches, they tend to talk about the same thing, mm-hmm. but in a different context.
0: Yes, yes.
1: You know, it's like the wider context is different. The way you resolve it might be different, but you're talking about the same struggle. Yes. So and and that really helps you filter people as well, because, yes. you know, when you go to a site, like if someone comes to my site and, you know, maybe I have articles, for instance, about how to set up an online coaching business Um but maybe they were looking for a business coach, not a marketing coach. Yeah, then I they're going did. to realize from the context of the website that you know this is not uh, this is not the right kind of match. If you know what yeah. I mean? So, so search engines work pretty much in the same
0: way. I think this is super helpful. Like literally, you imagine a little Wally, and you want to give him as much <laughs> as many little like Hansel and Gretel kind of breadcrumbs to understand what you are about um, in order to be shown to as precisely the people who look at precisely what you're talking about. I think very, very, very helpful. All right. We've covered a lot. Like we literally covered formatting. We covered keywords, speed. There's so much more to learn, but we unfortunately don't have more time. Now, Stephanie, I know that you have a free gift for us, which people can get at your website. Your website is stephaniefiteni.com. So Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E and then Fiteni, all in one word, F-I-T-E-N-I.com. Um, and they can get that there. So tell us a little bit what that freebie is about, what that free gift is about. So it's
1: called 10 steps to get more leads from your website and blog. And it basically just goes through a few steps uh, that you can do, you know, like to tweak your website a little bit and improve the way it's getting your more traffic and more leads. And yes, it's, it's mostly about SEO, but again, it does promise a tech checklist, but it's a non-techie tech checklist. (laughs) I love it. it. you know, so if you have access to a WordPress dashboard or if you have access to the dashboard of your site, you should not have any problems doing this yourself. Oh it's goodness. not, you know, the it's nothing highly technical. My, In fact, uh, my goal has always been to simplify things as much as possible so that coaches can do this themselves. Because like you said before, it's, it's cheap and it's lazy, which means that when you're starting out, it really helps you go from zero to step one. You know, a lot of people yeah. find it hard to get unstuck from that, mm-hmm. from they think they have to go to doing a lot of social media and they don't know their ideal clients yet. So, you know, using using SEO, it helps you validate what people are already looking for, which kind of simplifies the way you pick your offer. And then it helps you get unstuck because you, you you start making your first sales from simply putting blog posts out there with the right call to action. So That's it right. can really, you know, and I get so frustrated seeing, you know, these big business coaches out there who maybe started their business 10 years ago. And, you know, it's um, it's just, there is an easier way. You don't have to have tons of money to begin. And yeah, you can spend on ads. At a later stage and scale and everything, um, but I think SEO can be a really good way to start.
0: <laughs> Wonderful, I absolutely love it. My sleep like a boss business runs on SEO. I was asked today, where do you get most of your leads from? It's Google and YouTube because we are careful with how we name our articles and how we name our videos. It's just, <laughs> it's not rocket science. It, I think it has just been presented in a way that is very difficult, that is intimidating so that other people can charge more. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, it's been an absolute joy to have you back on the show. People can find you on Instagram, on Facebook and on your website. We have all the links on the website of christinemeansbusiness.com. Go to the blog category. I don't have a podcast page just for the podcast yet. I think I'm going to do that. But for now, go to christinemeansbusiness.com forward slash blog, and you will find Stephanie's episode and a lot of other guest episodes that we had with phenomenal wisdom, seriously. Um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing you there also in my own cars. We are recording this on the 11th of January, 2022. It's a beautiful day today, actually. And I will be launching my book, We Mean Business, a practical guide for online coaches, entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to, what is it again? Start no market and grow a business online i think (laughs) very close to that and it's going to launch on the 24th of january so make sure you check that out on amazon or on my website where you can get a deluxe edition all right everyone that was it for us make sure you reach out to stephanie if you need any help with your seo for your website or any other digital marketing advice she will be sure to help her uh, to help you let her know that you found her through the podcast of Christine Means Business. Stephanie, thank you again. And to all of you guys, have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye for now. All right, and here is what I usually forget at the end of every episode. So first off, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in. We really, really, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget that I've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online. It's called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches, and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business. Online. You can find it on Amazon, but also in other online bookstores and on my website. Also, please make sure that if you want to stalk me, you follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, or Twitter, or Pinterest, or TikTok. And if there was anything in this episode that you learned, that you found entertaining, that made you giggle, then I would be over the moon if you'd left us a five-star rating. These ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it. Thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode.